G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Your insights will be valuable today as we talk about some findings in some new research about how we are all handling the stresses and strains of the coronavirus pandemic. Asking the question today, has the Aussie spirit taken a hit Well, lots of us are feeling personally drained by ongoing COVID-19 restrictions and some things we're all doing well, like remaining active in listening, following the messages of the health experts, and we're doing well in reducing our personal freedoms for the sake of community health. But... We're feeling drained by the ongoing COVID restrictions and we're increasingly wanting answers to questions around how government and authorities are handling the pandemic. And there's an upside in the research too, which we'll be able to unpack as we get our conversation underway. Aussies are reflecting more on our mortality and thinking about meaning in our lives and we're engaging in more spiritual conversations. So amidst the lockdowns, infection rates, death rates and the economic challenges, the picture for the Australian church may not be as bleak as some may think. This is where our conversation is going today as we explore the mood of Australians with Dr. Lindsay McMillan. He's the Managing Director of ReVenture Limited and co-founder of what's known as Main Street Insights. Lindsay's a leading Australian academic, a thought leader and social commentator in the field of human resources. He's also the recipient of an OAM for services to Australians with disabilities through a range of health organisations and employee assistance programs. Our absolute privilege to have Lindsay McMillan joining us today. Lindsay, welcome along to 2020. Thank you indeed, Neil. That's a very kind introduction. Lindsay, let's talk about the Aussie spirit here. You've done some research. You've got the survey statistics to show it. Uh, the Aussie spirit taking a hit. What is what is it that your findings are showing us? Um, three in five Aussies say that they're feeling drained by the ongoing restrictions of uh, COVID. Uh, there's no doubt that from our research that there is a sense that COVID is a strain on the Australian psyche and a strain on Australian families. Um, it came as a great shock to us in March. The, the, uh, we thought we were coming out of Christmas in a wonderful way and then crash in the middle of March. We, as Australians, then were confronted with some severe restrictions that we'd never experienced before. And uh, our research is really quite clear that there is a fatigue emerging within the Australian community that COVID is a strain. 
So when we talk fatigue, and you've got such a broad perspective to bring to us today, you might say that fatigue could be a minor fatigue or like an introductory feeling of fatigue, or are we at a midway point, or are there some who are really almost over the edge, or some that are over the edge here? How do we describe that idea of fatigue, do you think? Well, I think it, it, it's, uh, I think it comes in a different packages. I think there are people that are, uh, have lost their sense of direction. I think that within families, uh, boundaries no longer exist. Uh, you can be a mother, a father, a worker, a provider, uh, in-home school teacher, carer, uh, and there's no boundaries to that. There's no beginning or end of that. Uh, it all happens within the boundaries of your home, and uh, that's put some strain on relationships. Our sense of optimism, according to our research, has diminished somewhat. Um, our sense of uh, our relationships have uh, been put into question because it's under tension. Uh, we know from other research that uh, younger people, there's a spike in suicide with uh, younger people in Australia. Um, I think one of the interesting uh, dimensions that's come out of our research and other research is that there is a call to uh, what am I here for? What's my purpose? How do I actually understand what my direction is? Because at present, I'm not sure what my direction is because of all these restrictions that have been put upon me and us as a community. Uh, Lindsay, with your research, has it shown any differentiation between what it is that actually is bringing the stresses and the strains? Uh, for some, of course, it's going to be the health crisis. I mean, some of us have lost elderly loved ones. Uh, and for others, it's going to be like the economic crisis. In other words, we haven't been touched by the health crisis at all, but we've lost a job. Is there any differentiation between those two elements and what might be causing the biggest strain? Or, or is strain uh, not connected to either one? It just happens. I think it's a broader uh, response, Neil. I think those two elements are just part contributors. I think the... Uh, the loss of uh, dear ones through COVID-19 uh, is something that we as a community have had to put into our understanding along with potential loss of jobs, along with the uh, strain around internal relationships. Uh, I think it's broader than just particularly around a loss of an elderly uh, parent or the potential and the reality of loss of jobs. Uh, when we hear that Qantas are uh, have put 20,000 people off, that's 20,000 relationships and families. And uh, we can't deny that that has a great impact on the Australian lifestyle and the Australian community. So I think there's a range of challenges that are emerging that we as a uh, country uh, have, will have to get deal with. Over and above the six o'clock news, that's a very focused upon numbers and economy and jobs which are real and we can't deny that. 
Let me bring in a little earlier than I thought we might talk about this, but what you're talking about is when people are facing either a health crisis or an economic crisis and the stresses and strains come, sometimes it's because of what we might talk about as a hopelessness that comes or a lack of hope. And we'll dig a little bit deeper into that. But what I want to talk about is this sort of dual part of your research, which has some thoughts on the church and spirituality in Australia and the idea that when the tough times come and there's issues around mortality and those sorts of really big questions that people ask around issues of meaning, that there are actually some glimmers of light that people are looking to a level of spirituality or to God in the, in the crisis that they're going through. What are your findings generally around that? Um, Encouragingly, we found that people, that Australians are actually considering the bigger issues of life. And it's interesting when we reflect in history that when uh, there is a major crisis confronting uh, countries like wars, the numbers of people going to church increase substantially. So let's just put that into the dimensions of what we as Australians are going through as in this crisis. It's a major national crisis. We, we, we have to accept that. Uh, we are all confronted with that. We are all impacted by that. Um, it causes us to be reflective. And interestingly and encouragingly, our um, research found that people are actually looking at things of greater purpose and meaning. We found that there are actually is an increase of Australians praying more. There's an increase in people considering church more. There is an increase in people thinking about their own purpose and their own meaning and their own reason for being more. Um, and interestingly enough, that's amongst younger generations more so than older generations, and more so amongst younger females. And I think the, the good news story here is that um, churches are actually hearing that people are actually responding more. Part of our other work is working with pastors. And uh, interestingly, some of the pastors that we're working with uh, have found that online small groups are actually increasing in size. Numbers of people that are watching online church services has increased beyond the number of people that would normally be coming to a church service. For example, there's a church in uh, Sydney, out of Sydney, that has 24 small groups meeting prior to COVID. Post-COVID, the COVID experience that we're having now, they have 49 small groups uh, people who are regularly attending small groups online. Now, that's one of the uh, exciting developments, just when we look at how churches are responding to COVID. Uh, and the fact, coming back to your question, Neil, around the fact that there are people who are saying, I'm happy to become part of a church community online, uh, and I am seeking those answers to those bigger questions of life. Well, there's so much, isn't there, in the dimensions we could explore here because as there's an expansion of those online connections for the local church, 
you might be asking whether those sorts of connections, whether people are happy to engage online, but they wouldn't turn up and darken the door at the church and be there face to face. We can talk some more about that. And I want to take us even even deeper here and and at the risk of, but not wanting to bring you into uh, in a political conversation here because we didn't uh, engage you today to uh, to talk uh, politics. But there's something here that, that might be an illustration of what we're talking about in Victoria. Victoria, there's pressure on the Andrews government uh, to have some sort of an exit plan from the very, very harsh lockdown laws that are happening in Victoria right now. Uh, the idea that uh, that without an exit plan, uh, people have nothing to hope for, nothing to look forward to. It's just a matter of more ongoing pain. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts on on the way that you know, if we're if our Aussie spirit has taken a hit, that somehow our leaders have to be able to help us to anticipate good things down the track, good things that are coming. Any thoughts on on what we might even call hope that might come from our leaders in this sort of instance? Uh, I think that is a, a really critical question, Neil. I think that the missing ingredient that we have in this uh, Australian community slash Australian society is the fact that we lack inspirational leaders who are prepared to actually talk about a vision for our lives uh, and ourselves as a community and as a country. Um, We have been very focused on trying to solve the problem of COVID and its impact, and rightly so, but you're absolutely right. There is something that is uh, missing that is critical, and that is where is our hope centred? What can we as an Australian community look forward to beyond uh, COVID? It's interesting just by as, as a sidebar to this is that uh, uh, some years ago I was uh, chief executive of a major national uh, chronic illness organisation and it became very clear to me that there was a group of people with chronic illness, this particular set of chronic illnesses, that there's a group in that group that always seemed to thrive and flourish and there was a group that didn't and they were became very depressed and dejected and isolated. And I wanted to understand what it what was the difference between those two groups? And the summary was, after a PhD in the middle of all of this, the summary was that the people who thrived and survived and had strong relationships were centred on they had a sense of hope. They had something to look forward to beyond the now. And so there is something that's very powerful about us having to build a sense of hope and understanding about what it is that we want to actually do tomorrow. We need something to wake up for, to wake up to and look forward to. That was a major part of the outcome of my uh, study around these two groups of people. Wow. It's around looking forward to having a sense of hopefulness and a desire to actually want to contribute and have strong relationships around me. People who thrive and survive have a sense of hope, something to look forward to beyond the circumstances of the now. 
helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wonderful to have you with us. Our special guest this hour is Dr. Lindsay McMillan. He's the Managing Director of ReVenture Limited and the co-founder of Main Street Insights. We're asking a question today, are the COVID restrictions in your community too hard to bear? Because there's new research that's come out saying the Aussie spirit has taken a hit. We're doing some things well, but we're feeling the fatigue and we're feeling it deep down. Well, our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316 and you can respond to that Facebook post. Are the COVID restrictions in your community too hard to bear? Uh, Lindsay, before we take things on a little further, let's take a call. Jenny is on the line from Queensland. Uh, Jenny, welcome along. Yeah, hi. Jenny, what are your thoughts? Um, look, I've just been listening to your show and, um, and you know, everything that's been said has been very valid. And I just wanted to say that um, you were referring to hope and without hope, you know, it, it means people don't have a direction and or anything to kind of live for. No wonder there's um, suicide, you know, increasing and other effects. But I just feel that, you know, without the government having hope and giving that hope or giving some direction about where this is all going, I think we're in for a long, long time and... And whether there's a vaccine or not, and if they rush things through, you know, that could even be potentially worse than not having one. However, um, we need some hope. You know, families are being torn apart. People are missing out on on medical treatment. Um, you know, you can't even go and see your grandkids mm. because borders are closed. Yep. And I think we need to have some kind of hope. Jenny, good thoughts there. Let's get a response here from Dr. Lindsay McMillan. Uh, Lindsay, your thoughts for someone like Jenny? Jenny, I think uh, your observations are very powerful. I think that uh, we were were made to be connected. We were made to be relational. Uh, We are built to, as uh, human beings and made in the image of God, to actually have a flourishing life and flourishing relationships. And what COVID has actually done now is has greatly impacted that. And it, it's, a, it's a shame that uh, uh, relationships, grandparents with grandchildren and uh, parents with children and uh, partners and wives and husbands together, uh, we've all been impacted and there is a, a fatigue factor that's emerging in the, in the Australian community and I, I come back to the fact that I think that we are now looking for our leaders to actually be aspirational in their language, to be hopeful in their language and the way they, they talk. Um, the six o'clock news is not the place to go if you're looking for hope. Um, places like Vision Radio is where you go for uh, hopeful comments and hopeful leadership. So I think you're right. Um, so stay strong. Um, stay connected as best you can. Um, virtual links, FaceTime uh, with your grandkids are very powerful. Um, just phone calls and hearing the chatter of grandchildren and uh, uh, daughters and sons and uh, your friends 
Uh, I think one of the, the other elements around what we've had to do now is we have to be intentional, much more intentional in getting together, and that's virtually or even on the, on, online. So I encourage you to uh, remain hopeful and to do as much as you can to uh, be intentional in, in your friendships and your relationships with your family and friends. Jenny, thank you so much for your call. Taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Jim is on the line from Redcliffe in Queensland. Hello, Jim. Welcome. Yeah. Yes, good morning, gentlemen. Look, I just want to do a different perspective. I, I agree that, you know, we're getting controlled here and there's a lot of fear factor around. If we put it on the basis as a comparison with the flu... There was 990 people in Australia died from the flu last year with a vaccine. We have had six people die in Queensland. Now, this, this is going to be with us for, for years and years and years. And, and the thing is, we need to sort of put it in perspective, you know, without all this fear. And uh, we need to say, well, we're going to live with it. We've got to open the borders uh, instead of reporting the flu, the, how many people had the flu last week, there was probably about 65 had it. We don't sort of say that anymore. We don't even put it out there. And yet they're making this such the biggest pandemic in the world that uh, you can't survive. We've only had six deaths. And yet we had so many with regards to the flu. So put it in perspective, folks. Yep. And Jim, remember, you're making the, some good the, points there around the idea of perspective. And uh, there are those who compare COVID-19 with the flu. As I understand it, COVID-19, you're 10 times more likely to die if you get COVID-19 than you do get the flu. So uh, obviously there are going to be concerns that governments are going to have and our chief health officers in all the different states, uh, even though they may be in conflict with the federal uh, health officer, but uh, generally around the sorts of thoughts that you're presenting there, Jim, uh, let's get a thought or two from Lindsay. Lindsay, what are your thoughts along what Jim is sharing here? Look, I think Jim's right. I think the perspective, Jim, is that uh, we sometimes can be overwhelmed with all of the facts and the figures and uh, the facts that uh, the flu, not as many people have died from the flu. Uh, let me start again. I think that your perspective is right. I think the, the the flu of just normal, in brackets, the normal flu that we've had last year numbers compared to the COVID, um, I think there is something that's behind all the restrictions and the pandemic. The very fact that we talk pandemic creates in itself a challenge of uh, how do we actually manage something as severe as a pandemic versus a flu. Uh, and again, it's... Um, it's, it's, I think we need to be very careful of how we measure what we're doing. Uh, health professionals are making judgments on our behalf. Uh, we have to respect that. Um, I'm not an expert in that area, Jim, but I, uh, I think you, you make some good points. Uh, thank you so much for your call, Jim. And uh, we're not, not too far out from news. Let's take one more call before news. Uh, let's hear from Jonathan in WA. Hi, Jonathan. Yes, uh, you know, Neil, the, we have been in war country. When we see these things going on, uh, we don't move with condition. Like, uh, because the Bible informs all these things will come to pass. But uh, Matthew said, uh, Jesus said, uh, my followers, I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. 
and to have authority over everything, and nothing by all means will harm you. So if you go in the scripture, we the Christian, when we see any disease come, even no matter how the news people advertise it, we have hope. You are absolutely spot on, I think, Jonathan. And uh, when we talk about those sorts of uh, things that are aspirational values that are for our good, uh, able to trample on serpents and uh, drink deadly poison, and let, let me not encourage anybody along those lines, but the idea that, that God is the one who empowers us to overcome all of the adversities that we'll come up against. And a wonderful point you're making. Lindsay, let me come back to some of the findings of your latest research. Um, I mentioned those those things. You know, we're still actively listening and uh, we're happy to even surrender, reduce some of our personal freedoms. Not everybody's happy with that idea, uh, but uh, give us some insights here into some of the challenging things that you've picked up on around this idea that we are personally drained and uh, some other of your statistics. I think one of the other interesting uh, facts that we found out of our research is that three in five Australians are feeling more lonely as an outcome of this uh, COVID-19. So loneliness is actually a major issue that we have emerging in the Australian community. Uh, some research that uh, we did late last year on workplace loneliness, uh, we found, and again, it's confirmed in the current loneliness that uh, people experience, we have lost a sense of community uh, we have lost that sense of neighbourliness. Uh, Hugh Mackay wrote a book on Belonging Australia and his big finding was that neighbourliness or a sense of community is really a, a major issue for us as an, an Australian community to actually deal with. And going on Zoom and FaceTime does not deal adequately with that. We need to feel the heartbeat of somebody in front of us or across a table or coffee with somebody. But loneliness, three in five Australians through at present are feeling more lonely than they did before COVID. And we know that according to the Surgeon General of uh, America, that loneliness, chronic loneliness can be worse than um, smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Um, there is a great sense that loneliness and, uh, is something that uh, uh, is uh, insipid. It's, uh, it can creep up on you. Uh, females are feeling it more than uh, males. Uh, younger people are feeling it more than, than older people. Uh, and again, it's one of the dimensions that we as Australians are feeling as a direct outcome of covid 19. Wow. Uh, so I just draw that as a, a draw that out from the research, Neil, that uh, people might like to respond to. Uh, Lindsay, I think you're well qualified uh, to speak into this idea because while we talk about having a Zoom meeting or a FaceTime meeting, and uh, aren't we thrilled that we actually have this technology that when we are officially isolating from one another, that we can still have a face to face contact? But as you say, there's no there's no real uh, alternative that is good for us other than being actually face-to-face because we're quite social beings. 
What about the issue of touch? Because obviously with this 1.5 metre social distancing, uh, we're not encouraged to touch one another and you've got uh, the elderly who are in lockdown and they can't even uh, have the loving touch of a family member when they go to visit. How much important is this idea of touch in all of this? And I don't know whether your survey touched on anything like that, but, but how do you, how do you uh, respond to that sort of idea? Our, our research didn't uh, get into the specifics of the, that particular area, but I'll come back to that more generally, but I'll just deal with the area, uh, your question around touch. I think Jenny, uh, a previous caller, uh, raised the issue of uh, grandchildren uh, there is something very powerful about having a child run to their parent and be able to be picked up and hugged and for a grandparent to be able to hug their grandchildren and for a husband and wife to be able to hug one another and their children. The power of a hug and the physical touch we cannot underestimate uh, because there is something in the warmth of somebody's actually reinforcing the power of that relationship through touch is very powerful. So coming back a little bit more generally to the issue of of loneliness and what we do with it, we found that uh, when we asked people what is it that they would like to have more of in order to help them uh, deal with their loneliness, it came down to the issue of kindness. And there's some powerful research that's been done universally uh, that come, speaks into the issue of loneliness and its response positively is around kindness, loving kindness. Sounds a little bit familiar? Yes. And c- kindness is something that uh, we need more of, not less of. And it comes into, into the issue of spending time with somebody, reaching across a table and touching somebody looking somebody in their eyes genuinely, authentically, sincerely and lovingly is very powerful. The, uh, the generosity of spirit, all of those kind of issues around how do we actually manage loneliness is something that uh, uh, is really very powerful. Question I'm asking on our Facebook page today, facebook.com forward slash vision radio and listeners are responding in droves. Are the COVID restrictions in your community too hard to bear? Suzanne says, yes, Victoria is unbearable and unsustainable, can't see family, can't go shopping except for food, at home for 23 hours a day if the weather's fine, but it's winter, can't drive more than five kilometres from home, lost jobs, businesses and lives through suicide. Uh, that sort of response, I think, for a lot of listeners, especially those who are in Victoria, is going to sum up the general feeling right now about whether this is unbearable or not. Uh, what are your thoughts for someone like Suzanne? I think I think there's a couple of thoughts. One is, um, uh, which is what I've done and I've encouraged others to do, is I've actually gone through the list of people that I haven't been in touch with for some time. Uh, and I have, uh, in fact, in front of me here at present, I have uh, four friends of mine, male friends of mine, who I will call over the course of the next three days. And I'll simply do this. I'll say, I have been thinking of you and wondering how you're getting on. Uh, now, 
the truth of the matter is I need to be intentional. I am a little bit more extroverted. And I would encourage anybody who is a little bit more extroverted than introverted to intentionally just think about people that they could call and say, I've been thinking about you and wondering how you're getting on. I've been doing that intentionally over the last few weeks, and I do live in Victoria. And it is a very, very powerful response from the person at the other end. Normally, and they would say, that is so nice of you to think of me. And then they just talk openly about how they're getting on. So I think intentionally, think about people who you could call in, uh, outside your immediate circle of, in, uh, of friendship and ask them that question. And for other people, to phone friends and family a bit more regularly and say, how are you getting on? I've been thinking of you. Well, that is great advice and what a wonderful takeaway in some sense from a conversation like this today uh, because we'll all have a contact list uh, contact list somewhere whether it's uh, on our phones or whether it's on a you know in an old address book maybe go through those and make contact. I'm just reminded that Early on in the pandemic in my local church, our pastor said uh, that, you know, at, at a time like this, when pastoral care is going to be necessary, every person who's a member of the church becomes a part of the pastoral care team. The idea of uh, keeping your eye on one another, calling, keeping that contact uh, so that you can be a pastoral carer. And in some sense here, uh, the very most shallow level of pastoral care is just keeping in contact and asking that person how are you getting on? And I imagine here, Lindsay, just not without letting this go here, that when someone does tell you how they're getting on and it goes deeper than what you can then imagine, that perhaps you could then connect that person with someone who might be a more appropriate or more skilled pastoral carer in your local church. Any thoughts around that idea? Well, look, I think, I think uh, that's the case. Uh, you know, there's, there's one, uh, one person in our church community who is a single uh, lady who lives by herself, doesn't have the capacity uh, within Victoria to be able to move around within that hour, uh, and she has nobody that she uh, can can go and visit or people aren't able to visit her. And she they would cry for help on Facebook. And I have to say our church community responded incredibly well to that and put her in touch with uh, one of the pastors in our church who was skilled in uh, more in, in closer and uh, pastoral capacity and talent to be able to respond to that young lady. Uh, and it's a, it's a good news story now. <laughs> wonderful to think, isn't it, that right around this wonderful nation of ours and people put estimates on the number of churches there are, somewhere between twelve and 15,000 odd churches and that might not even take into consideration those people who meet for home church and uh, there is a certain sense in which all of the connections that come from all of those church communities can be a major uh, undergirding of the health of Australians as we go through a crisis. A powerful, powerful thought. Hey, let me just give you the opposite end uh, to the idea that things look unsustainable. I had one comment that came from Kay, who was giving a different perspective. Kay says, apart from the dots on the floor at the supermarket, 
and the closed borders, one would find it hard to believe there was any restrictions in WA. Now, WA is quite the exception to the rule when it comes to what's going on in Victoria. And people in other states might recognise that same thing. I'm hardly even noticing this. So there are people who are really struggling and finding this very difficult. Others who are not experiencing this pain at all. There is a a balance in all of that, isn't there? Your thoughts here, Lindsay? I think that's right, Neil. I think that uh, it just shows the breadth and depth and the uh, geography of this uh, great country of ours, that Western Australia, as uh, a friend of mine who I was speaking with late last week from Perth said, it's like nothing has uh, hit us at all from a pandemic point of view. And they're looking across at the East Coast and saying, goodness gracious, how are all of you coping? Um, And then you look at Victoria and you look at uh, New South Wales and Queensland who are cautiously uh, optimistic about the future. And uh, in Victoria, where there's uh, possibly the powerful representation of the fatigue that's entered into the community, we, we are a great nation. Uh, we need to care for one another. We need to pastorally care for one another and pray for one another and bring that sense of hope and light into each other's lives. Let's take another call. James is on the line from Kyabram in Victoria. Hi, James. Welcome along. Yes, day, Neil. How are you? I'm well, James. What are your thoughts for our conversation today? You're in Victoria and country Victoria. might be different from being in Melbourne, being in the big city, but how are you feeling? Well, there's a song, there used to be an old song, I've got that sinking feeling. I was I was watching a little clip before, and these guys, they had that sinking feeling. One guy tried to take his life and was telling his friends, and he said, um, we had this idea, we'll get a whole heap of sinks and go and make a, a um, you know, like a business. But what I, what I was thinking was that without knowledge, people perish. And we, I was feeling that sinking feeling, and I said to the Lord, why am I feeling like this, Lord? And he reminded me of, of a fisherman, you know, and they have a sinker on the thing and they're fishing from a boat. Well, it's amazing how the water sort of, uh, it, it, bo- it bobs and weaves and up and down and, you know, it's not a rough, always a rough, smooth surface, should I say. Uh, and, and sometimes we're being a sinker and, and we can be good at church in our performance, but are we performing well from home? You know, like are we, are we really that Christian, genuine Christian who's, who, who understands what the Father's heart is for him. Like Jesus said, he was a fisher of men. But are we making ourselves somebody? And I know there's probably people who don't think I'm a great witness, but um, I'm working on it, and this is giving God time to work on me to say, hey, I need you to be able to relate to me and understand me and call upon me for insight. And some people might think I wouldn't call upon Christians. I wouldn't. But without knowledge, without a vision, people perish. We need to have his understanding on how to cope through all the bobbing and weaving and the uh, and the ill feeling and the sinking in our stomach and whatever else just to just to overcome just to stay alive that's it James, we're all works in progress, but I'm just so thrilled that you've called through and uh, shared the thoughts that have been going through your mind and the feeling about your own reaction to how people might be sinking and uh, being a sinker and all sorts of things like that. But great thoughts there. Uh, Lindsay, have you got any thoughts for James? Look, I think, James, um, wonderful thoughts. Um, All power to you, James. I think that uh, we are works in progress. Uh, The Lord is touching our lives in different ways. I think uh, part of our research that's uh, been highlighted is that people are thinking more and more 
about the deeper issues of life, just like you are. And uh, I would encourage you to continue to do that. I think you are on a journey here, and the Lord's working in your life, and uh, all power to you. James, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. You can also uh, respond on our Facebook question today. You'll find that at facebook.com forward slash vision radio and you might like to respond, are the COVID restrictions in your community too hard to bear? Lindsay, let me take you back to something I think is important and you used some terminology a little earlier that I don't know whether too many listeners will be very familiar with but uh, you're an expert in this area when it comes to the workplace and when you started to talk about loneliness, you introduced into there something which I think is something we don't always uh, readily think about, and that is the idea of workplace loneliness. And I wonder whether you've got any thoughts here, because if you've still got a job, uh, you've got people who have a sinking feeling all around them. You've got all of these stresses and strains that are going on. Uh, these things are not just happening at home, they're happening at work too. What are your thoughts on this idea of workplace loneliness being one of the big issues we're dealing with right now? I think uh, workplace loneliness is has been accentuated because now people are working at home. 70% of people who we research said that they are now working from home. We now know that uh, um, people have to not only work from home, they now have to deliver on all their requirements, their projects or their demands from uh, their home office or their laptop. Um, And the fact is that they don't have those connections with their workplace. Um, This piece of research that we did late last year on workplace loneliness was was beginning to actually demonstrate that the new working remotely or working from home, this is prior to COVID, was actually becoming a major issue in the Australian workplace. Uh, Some interesting studies were done that people who left work to work from home or work remotely, uh, 72% of them said that within six months, the thing that they missed most was what was called the water cooler conversation. That is the informality of just being together and the power of being together with people who have got a common direction in a workplace. So it's been accentuated uh, with the coronavirus. And again, I think that's just one of the the byproducts of uh, what Australia and other parts of the world are going through at present. All right. The question I've asked on Facebook, are the COVID restrictions in your community too hard to bear? And uh, lots of Victorians responding, as you might imagine. Eileen says, this is no way to live our lives in stage four in Victoria. Life is full of risks and I believe God determines when he takes me home. I'm watching a dear friend with dementia getting worse every day as she can't get to see her family and is now trying to make a will. The cure is worse than the disease in my book. A lot of people saying that. I wonder if you've got any thoughts for those comments from Eileen, Lindsay. I think it's... uh, I can only respond more generally here, Neil, for Eileen. Um, What our research has done and uh, it's evident from uh, responses in Victoria that what's happening is that people are thinking more about their mortality. 
people are thinking more about the significant relationships in their life and uh, uh, heart uh, certainly yearns for people who are in nursing homes and who have elderly parents and those with dementia. Uh, trying to bring all those relationships together and to be thoughtful and caring is becoming a, a major challenge for those people in Victoria. So Eileen... I think it's 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 a reality that we have to just uh, uh, help each other to work through. And I think for those that uh, aren't going through that but know of somebody who is going through that particular position, we should reach out to them. Uh, it's uh, it's a tough time. Uh, reaching out is a really big takeaway again from our conversation today. Even as you've shared, Lindsay, in your research. Aussies right now are engaging more with spiritual questions, questions around mortality, uh, those things that are important when it talks, when we talk about meaning, those things Aussies are engaging in. So uh, taking some advice on that, I want to just couple this with something to bring back as we close out our conversation today, this idea of loving kindness and where you've got loneliness, where you've got people who are in nursing homes, uh, dementia care, where you've got people who are saying we can't go on like this, we are at our wit's end, uh, the fatigue really is setting in for me, those people are in our communities and the idea of having a certain loving kindness to reach out, as you said, was as simple as making a contact and saying to that person, I've been thinking of you and wondering how you're getting on. I wonder whether this works for the same uh, issues around people who are locked in their homes, those who have got this workplace loneliness. Uh, just to, to, to round out our conversation today, how do you think Aussies ought to respond at this time, knowing that the broader community is suffering. Um, I think you've uh, done a very good job, Neil, in summarising the uh, thoughts where I would take this uh, conversation, which uh, we've been on a journey in this last hour. Uh, it is about relationships. Uh, Jesus called us to be relational. We want a flourishing life. Uh, we're built in the image uh, of God and uh, we need to be caring and loving towards one another. Even though there may be a geography distance between us, we can reach out and let's uh, be continually caring for one another in the ways that uh, come to mind. And once again, we're heartened by the idea that the church is not something which is a relic of the past, which is meaningless. The church is so relevant today that if you've been listening to our conversation over this last hour, you'll say, wow, the church is so powerful because it is an expression of that loving kindness. Uh, coming back just briefly here, and one last comment on the idea that the Australian church, uh, you know, the picture is not as bleak as some might think. Uh, we've got a real role to play and uh, exciting things can happen when you make those sorts of contacts in the community, Lindsay. There's no doubt about that, Neil. I think that one of the exciting uh, challenges of the new church is that with the digital uh, approach that's been taken by churches, that there are people who are now watching church more, who are joining small groups more, and the fact is that pastors are saying we didn't realise the power of uh, having church online and having church face-to-face, -face. and it's a combination, I think, that... Uh, the Lord's given us a, an opportunity that uh, who knows where it will go in the next uh, 12 to 18 months. So we should be 
very excited about that. I am. I think that the pastors I'm working with um, are excited about it, but not sure where the Holy Spirit will take us. Well, uh, Lindsay, just wonderful getting your insights, and uh, we'll try and make an appointment on another day to have another conversation like this because... Uh, we didn't even get into some of the real depth and the idea that, you know, there is a time for reinvention, a reorientation. And uh, that is a time when a crisis like this comes. And so reinvention, reorientation, not only in your own personal life, in your workplace, uh, reorientation when it comes to your local church, reorientation. Now, this could go bad or it could go good. And uh, there's all sorts of ways that we need to be thinking about that. Uh, Dr. Lindsay McMillan has been our guest over this past hour. I want to point listeners to the website, mainstreetinsights.com.au. And uh, no doubt there'll be some connection to some of the statistics we've been talking about, some brief summary perhaps of the report onto this uh, research that's been done, mainstreetinsights.com.au. Uh, Dr. Lindsay McMillan, just wonderful talking. Thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with our listeners today on 2020. Thank you indeed, uh, Neil. It's been a delight. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.